0: One Year into Russia-Ukraine War and Still No End in Sight Written by Lu Chen, Jing Yuhan and Denise Jia Published in Caixin Global on February twentieth, 2023 Read for you by Kim Dalrymple it's been almost a year since Russia launched its full-blown invasion of Ukraine, raining down missiles on more than half a dozen of the country's cities, including the capital, Kiev, on February 24, 2022, kicking off the biggest conventional conflict in Europe since the Second World War. Now, with the approach of the first anniversary of the war, which according to recent estimates has killed or injured an estimated 200,000 Russian forces and more than 18,000 Ukrainian civilians, left millions of people homeless and cost the global economy trillions of dollars, there seems to be no end in sight. Russia, led by Vladimir Putin, is straining under an array of international sanctions that have pushed the country deeper into isolation and economic turmoil. Russian forces face repeated counteroffensive from unyielding Ukrainian troops, which, despite defined expectations and the help of an estimated more than $40 billion in military aid, supplied mostly by Western allies, including the U.S., have been unable to dislodge the invaders. The war has sparked an energy crisis in Europe, driven up global inflation, triggered a worldwide grain shortage, and caused profound geopolitical tensions. Indeed, in an understated summation, OECD Secretary General Matthias Cormann said in November, an end to the war would be the most impactful way to improve the global economic outlook right now. Until that day arrives, assuming it ever does, the uncertainty surrounding the global economic outlook is expected to persist. For now, hopes for a negotiated end remain slim, at least in the short term, as neither side has shown any signs of willingness to compromise. Certainly not the Ukrainians, who, led by former TV comedian term Putin foil, President Volodymyr Zelensky, have put up strong and enduring resistance. When asked how long the war could last, Jana Lachinska, chargée d'affaires at the Ukrainian embassy in Beijing, said it's difficult to know. At the moment, I think nobody sees the end of the war. It's hard to say. The situation changes quickly, she said. We are very much interested in as quickly as possible ending the war and restoring peace. But at the moment, we will continue fighting for justice and for our land and our freedom. As global calls for an end-to-the-war mount, Lechinska said, Ukraine counts on the active and constructive role of China as a permanent member of the UN Security Council in the settlement process of the war, not only as a mediator or some kind of promoter of the peace dialogues between Ukraine and Russia, but also as one of the participating states in the peace initiatives. Stalemate Before 2022, Russian forces occupied almost 27 percent of Ukraine's territory after annexing Crimea in 2014 and supporting pro-Moscow separatists. Ukraine has taken back around 54 percent of the territory Russia seized since the war started, according to a UK Ministry of Defense estimate published on January 24th, unchanged from a month earlier. By the end of last year, Russia controlled around 18% of internationally recognized areas of Ukraine, including the Donbass and Crimea regions, under Russian control since 2014, according to the ministry. Russian forces pulled out of key positions in November, retreating from Kherson on the Black Sea as Ukrainian troops led a counteroffensive targeting the southern port city. But since then, the battle has been deadlocked. Earlier this month, Russian Deputy Foreign Minister Sergei Vershinnin signaled that Russia is ready to enter talks without preconditions, but based on what he referred to as the existing reality, tasks reported on February 11th. Essentially, that implies Russia will only negotiate if Ukraine and the rest of the world accept that Crimea and four partially occupied Ukrainian regions belong to Russia. But Ukrainians are united in rejection of any compromise. Ukrainian President Zelensky has set a high bar for any peace talks, including restoration of Ukraine's territorial integrity, punishment of war criminals, and compensation for the invasion. Territorial issues will not be put up for negotiation, said charge d'affaires Lachinska. If the preconditions, including the restoration of Ukraine's territorial integrity, are met, negotiations are still possible theoretically, said Lachinska. But under current circumstances, it is impossible for Zelensky to negotiate with Putin in any form, she said. Zelensky signed a decree in October, formally declaring negotiations with the Kremlin autocrat to be impossible, after Putin proclaimed the four partially occupied regions of Ukraine to be a part of Russia forever. Russians flee Many believe the question of how the conflict will end largely depends on Moscow. For the first seven months of the war, Neither the growing death toll or casualty list on the front lines nor the external sanctions have yet fundamentally affected the daily lives of most ordinary people in Russia. For the first seven months of the war, neither the growing death toll or casualty list on the front lines nor the external sanctions have yet fundamentally affected the daily lives of most ordinary people in Russia. It was not until Putin's partial mobilization order on September 21st that the impact of the war on Russians became more prominent. In the order, announced in a rare national address, Putin vowed that Russia would use all means at its disposal, including the call-up of 300,000 military reservists to protect what it considers its territory. The move prompted many of those eligible for the draft to flee the country. Hours after Putin's early morning television address on September 21st, direct flights from Moscow to Istanbul in Turkey and Yerevan in Armenia, both destinations that allow Russians to enter without a visa were sold out, according to Russian travel platform AviaSales. One-way fares from Moscow to Istanbul more than tripled to almost 70,000 rubles, (946 dollars on Avia sales compared with a little over 22,000 rubles a week prior to September 21st on Google Flight Search. Long lines of vehicles trying to leave Russia stretch back along roads from all border crossings into the country's neighbors, including Kazakhstan, Georgia, Finland, and Mongolia. Videos posted on the Washington Post website showed all countries where Russians can enter visa-free have seen rent hikes in major cities, according to Columbia University-based news organization Eurasianet, citing a study by Krisha.kz, Krisha.kz, a website that advertises real estate. Initial data cited by the Washington Post shows that at least 500,000 people have left Russia in the years since the war began. In late December, Russia's communications ministry reported that 10% of the country's IT workers had left the country in 2022. Although Putin said in December that he saw no need for a second call-up of reservists, fears of another potential mobilization persist. These fears were further fueled by reports of high death tolls among the recent draftees. In the Ukrainian attack in a Russian-occupied region that took place on New Year's Day, 63 Russian soldiers were killed, according to Moscow, although the Ukrainian military claimed it was actually about 400 dead, with most of those new draftees from the September partial mobilization. The Sergeys, a family of three who work for a state-owned energy company in Moscow, are among the Russians choosing to stay in the country. They told Cai Xin that they are not sure whether they support or oppose the special military operation, but they have paid for their only child, a 25-year-old son, to immigrate to Israel. Economic Hit The year-long Russian air and ground campaign and the dogged resistance put up by Ukrainian forces has tanked the economy of the former Soviet vassal. The country's gross domestic product shrunk by 30.4% last year, the largest fall in over 30 years, according to IMF data. Despite the stunning plunge, the figure was less than a previous official forecast by the country's economists of a 35% decline, with systemic financial support from international donors allowing us to keep up the economic front and continue our movement towards victory. Economy Minister Yulia Tsvyridinko said on January 5th. Ukraine has received 108.8 billion euros, $116.6 billion, from 46 countries in financial, humanitarian, and military aid from January 24th to November 20th, 2022, according to German-based think tank the Kiel Institute for the World Economy. Across the border, European Union countries have also been impacted by the war. Before the war, Russia was the most important supplier of energy to Europe, but the tap was turned off after hostilities began, leading to fears of blackouts this winter and price increases. The benchmark price of European natural gas peaked at more than 300 euros per megawatt hour in August 2022 before the EU's 27 countries in December finally agreed to cap gas prices at €180 per megawatt-hour, according to a quarterly market report by the European Commission. Now, the prices have fallen to the lowest in 18 months, to below €50 per megawatt-hour, but they remain elevated compared with historical levels of about 10 to €30 per megawatt-hour, it said in its latest report published last month. But thanks to unusually warm weather and efforts to find other sources of natural gas, such as from Norway, the United States, and Qatar, Europe has dodged an energy crisis. But the energy supply may still be challenging next winter. Europe still faces the prospect of gas shortages this year, unless it further curbs demand, the International Energy Agency warned in a report on February 15th. Shell said in its LNG Outlook, released Thursday, that gas demand in Europe will increasingly exceed supply until 2030. I don't doubt that Europe can survive the next winter, said Tu Jianjun, the head of the German think tank Agora Energy Transition Forum's China district. But in the winter of 2023-2024, Europe will have to pay a relatively high economic price to ensure gas security food shortages. And while the energy pain mostly affects Europe, a food shortage is hitting a much broader swath of the world. Russia and Ukraine account for nearly 30 percent of global wheat exports and almost 70 percent of sunflower oil exports, according to the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, FAO. For the first time in decades and decades in Odessa, there is no regular movement of the merchant fleet, Ukrainian President Zelensky said in a video, France 24 reported back in May. Since the war, many of Ukraine's grain storage facilities and ports have been damaged or destroyed, and Russia suspended all commercial shipping through the Sea of Azov, the main route for exports from Ukraine. However, UN-backed initiatives reached in July have enabled Ukraine to export grain from three ports blockaded by Russia. The Black Sea Grain Initiative, brokered by Turkey and the UN, enabling Ukraine to export 22 million tons of grain and other agricultural goods, needs to be extended every three months and is up for renewal again in March but Russia has signaled that it is unhappy with some aspects of the deal and has asked for sanctions affecting its agricultural exports to be lifted. Ukraine grain exports in the 2022-2023 season, which runs from July to June, declined nearly 30% as of February 13th due to a smaller harvest and logistical difficulties caused by the war, Agriculture Ministry data showed. Outside Europe, the prospect of a prolonged conflict between Russia and Ukraine will worsen food security, Moody said in its 2023 Global Credit Outlook report, released in January. Russia and Ukraine have a combined supply of over 50% of cereal imports in North Africa and the Middle East, while Eastern African countries import 72% of their cereals from Russia and 18% from Ukraine, according to the FAO. Russia and Ukraine are also both major producers of fertilizer. Russia is the world's number one exporter of nitrogen fertilizer and number two for phosphorus and potassium plant nutrients. Many developing countries, including Mongolia, Honduras, Cameroon, Ghana, Senegal, Mexico, and Guatemala, rely on Russia for at least a fifth of their fertilizer imports, according to the International Fertilizer Association. In Africa, many small farmers can no longer afford fertilizer, as the Ukraine war has significantly driven up the prices. Fertilizer prices have more than tripled since early 2020, and although they have eased in recent months, they remain at historically elevated levels, according to the World Bank. If fertilizer production continues to be severely affected in 2023, it could worsen food scarcity, Moody said. Uncertain Outcome Ukraine military intelligence recently estimated that Russia is running out of weapons and munitions, especially its precision missiles, as Moscow used a lot of precision-guided missiles to hit targets across Ukraine early in the war. But the strikes died down over the summer. It has also suffered significant losses to other key weapons systems, with the International Institute for Strategic Studies, claiming in its annual Military Balance Report, published last week, that around 50% of its pre-war fleet of T-72B3 and T-72B3M tanks and many of its T-80s have been lost. Unsurprisingly, Russia recorded a record budget deficit of $25 billion in January, as sanctions hurt its energy revenue and the cost of war boosted spending. There is no doubt that Russia has suffered more economically than Europe, both from the war and sanctions, said Gérald Roland, professor at the University of California, Berkeley. But Putin believes that Russia can withstand the costs, with hopes that the pressure on the European economy will eventually force Europe to abandon its support for Ukraine, said Roland. As the war drags on and the human and financial tolls mount, the question of when the conflict will end weighs heaviest on the minds of Ukrainians, whose lives have been forever altered. Denis from Mariupol, a city in Ukraine occupied by Russian forces since May 2022, joined the military in February, and after nine months of training, was sent to the frontline town of Soledar. He told Caixin that while he never doubts that Ukraine will eventually emerge victorious, the question of when that will come is practically meaningless. I know the Western countries are providing us weapons, but it takes too long, he said. Every day is hard.